Hey, and welcome to the Monday Fafo podcast, where we usually talk to and interview interesting and unique people from around the area. We've got Mushroom Czar on again, because he was scared and super high the first time. And luckily, he just went and got high as shit again, so hopefully he'll be talkative <laughs> this time. Joining us uh, is going to be Psychonautics. She's been on here a lot of times. You guys have known her before. We believe her phone died because she sucks at plugging things in, but she'll catch up. Yeah, she'll figure it out. And then uh, we have uh, Emily, who is the first time on the podcast. Welcome, Emily. It's nice to talk to you. This is when you say hey. Ed Crickets. Uh-oh. Ed Crickets. If you let your phone screen go blank, honey, it is going to put you on mute automatically if you're on an Apple device. And mushrooms are. Yeah. And okay, well, we fucked this whole thing up. It's, okay. It's, it's, hey. So, right, hey. Uh, 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 one of them. One of them's back. One of so, them's back. Okay. The other no. two died. Well, this 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 started just as well as they thought it would. Yeah. Uh, 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 I think that because like okay, I couldn't yeah, get yeah. back on. I, could hear you. Okay. I don't know what happened. If your phone goes black, uh, we yeah, screen goes off. Yeah, you, you got to make sure you like keep it on or t- turn your screensaver off. Yeah, if you're on your phone. My screen never oh. went off. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, well so. anyway, welcome cool. to the podcast. Yay, podcast. Yay, podcast. So, how long have you been growing mushrooms? Which one? You, Emily. Me. Oh, um, yes, I am new. Um, So, my first inoculation uh, took place around Halloween of last year. Um, So, what is that? Like, six months now? Right. Okay. So, yeah, not too bad. I feel like I'm a... Starting to get the, some, the feeling. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started out, I went fucking hard. Um, I had the money to spend. I was out of work because I had recently had surgery. So I went ahead and dropped the money on, like, without putting a plug out or anything like that, but Midwest grows. Um, and, like, I bought pretty much everything to control every environment possible because I'm pretty good at messing stuff up the first time. Right. So I wanted to eliminate as much possibility of that. Um, when I saw, when I saw your grow, I, I, I was 100% sure that you were coming from the cannabis industry, but you had a tent, you had light, you had everything. And I was like, this looks like the, this looks like someone was growing weed and decided they wanted yeah. to grow. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the newer tent. Yeah. Yep. So so the newer tent, so my first grow was in that typical flimsy ass Martha tent that everyone gets and it falls apart <laughs> after like three months. Right. So that was my very first grow. And I had, I did, um, shoot, I think I did like 12 grain bags, um, 12 BRF half pint jars. Um, and I want to say like six or eight uh quart jars so like that was my quote-unquote first grow because all of that shit happened in a matter of like two days and i didn't realize what i was getting myself into at Uh, that uh, time but i eventually found out and i was like oh shit so that was my first grow and then um when my boyfriend and i were moving um you know we knew we were moving into an apartment we knew that we had to 
be conscientious about smells and stuff like that. So, um, plus with the whole tent growing and where I'm located at between the lack of humidity and fluctuations in temperatures and weather, I wanted to make sure that no matter what the temperature was inside of my apartment, as well as outside, that I could keep the, the temperature and humidity consistent. So that's why I went with that bougie ass tent that you have seen at this point. Um, it was funny because I was nagging his ass. I was still in recovery. So mind you, I still wasn't working. He was our source of income. And I'm like, Robert, 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 I really like this. I really like this. Guess what, Robert? I found more stuff. I added more stuff to that list. Robert, Robert. And then finally he was just like, if it makes you happy, you can order it. I was like, wonderful. Cause I already had his card information and everything. I clicked by, <laughs> he was like, so when do you want to order it? I was like, oh, you know, probably pretty soon. He goes, do you want my card information? I said, no, I've already ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, what? And that's when he found out that he is never going to give me his card again to order like Uber Eats or anything for us. Smart, smart <laughs> man. Smart yeah. Man. Yeah. So I think, like, and I always tell everybody, like, yes, I've only been doing this for six months, but if you see my setup and everything, you don't need that at all. Like, I just did it because I prefer that. But really, like, the simpler, the better. I just went with that because of my situation. So, um, why, why, why don't you, are you doing, you're doing tubs? Shoe boxes, yeah, I run shoeboxes. Yep, okay. shoeboxes. Shoeboxes, and then for my grain, I do pint jars. So, yeah. I found that's it, huh? Yep. So I found with like the first, um, the first grow, as we just kind of discussed what that looked like. I was running shoe boxes in that, and I was using quart jars. And I had found that there was just an uneven mix of sub to spawn for me based on like what my eyeballs tell me is the right amount. Um, and half the time I was like the more books that I've read between. Um, growing gourmet and medicinal, uh, all the Paul Stamets books and so on and so forth. Um, a lot of them were saying that, you know, the quart jar can actually be divided almost into three or four shoe boxes. Um, so I decided to step down from quart jars to pint jars. Um, and so now I pressure cook my, or pressure can, um, my own rye into pint jars and I get about 18 jars per run. Um, and in turn, you know, I can send a single agar plate to one of those. It colonizes super quickly, um, because it is only a pint jar. And because it's a pint jar, I can also run unmodified pint jar lids. Um, you know, it's, it just, it happens so fast. You just do it upside down or you just. Um, so what I do is I take my agar plate and I kind of cut it. I cut two circles. I cut one about a centimeter back from the edge of the plate, full circle. And then from center plate to that, about wherever halfway is, I cut another circle and then I wedge it like pizza slices. Um, And I drop all of those in. So I found that if I do that and then make the lid tight and then shake the jar um, to kind of distribute all those pieces into that, into my grain, um, the colonization happens super quick. Um, so typically, if I were to, let me just go walk into my lab and actually take a look because I don't want to guesstimate and spew wrong information here. But, uh-huh. um, but um, bum, bum. so on the jars that I've taken a wet or an agar plate and just set it on top, um, let's see, this is a good one. 
So I have a jar that is about 90%, 85-90% colonized that I dropped the entire wedge on March 13th. Um, and then I currently have, let me see here, uh, the most recent jar that I sent was on yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it looks to be about 10% colonized already. So, you know, it's one of those that by taking the pieces and putting them all over the place, um, and by putting them all over the place, I should mention, like, I drop them in, I put the lid back on, and I shake it. I'm not digging around my finger or scalpel. Oh, yeah. yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. But yeah, so I found quicker colonization that way. Um, grant you, when it starts growing in the jar, it doesn't look like that pretty picture that you want to take for the Instagram or whatever, where you see the Rizzo growth just reaching down throughout the entire jar the whole time. Yeah, um, fuck that. Instagram's for fucking people that try to sell shit. Yeah, exactly. I don't have an Instagram for the record, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's it's one of those where I found it to be faster for me. Um, and I like the fact that I don't have to modify my jars. Um, well, how many how many uh, flushes are you getting per shoebox if you're only using a pint? Sure. Um, so a lot of my grows that um, I started in December, January, um, right. those are just now coming to an end. I want to say they started fruiting um, about the beginning of March. Um, and so, like, I, with being inside of a tent and having a humidifier in there and everything, I rarely have to do any type of bottom dunk or full dunk, um, which is super nice. Um, but I would say, hmm, I would say, like, five to six flushes, to be completely honest. Um, you know, I'd have to go look at my list of weights and all that fun jazz written down but i would say on average i'm getting anywhere between um low side 100 um high side 400 somewhere between there so i'd say like an average of like i don't know we'll 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 be frugal about it we'll say like 180 wet um five to six flushes each time for each tub um so what are you doing so, for your substrate um i run just choir actually so I do my quick boil method of bucket tuck. Um, I don't want to say it's a tuck. I don't want people to be like, oh, yeah, that's something new. And that someone's done it before me. I'm almost positive of it. And bucket it's tuck? just, okay. yeah. Well, so what I do is that when, I'm, when I need to make sub, I take my blocks and I drop them into, um, I have a big fermenting pot. So I drop them into that add a whole bunch of water so that way it's more uh, soupy than it is thick. Um, and then I put it on the stove and I literally boil it for like 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and then I drain it uh, into my sink with like um, a pet screen, if, right. if that makes sense. Um, so I drain it into there, wring it out, make sure it's at the right consistency. And then I throw it into a, um, a sealed container or whatever. And I do that until I have a shit ton of sub made. Um, and then I just add water when I go to make my shoe boxes, if it needs it. A lot of the times it doesn't even need it. So, um, but yeah, so I do that. I run just choir. 
I kind of, when I do my shoe boxes, I make my liner, I put in my sub, unpack, I kind of get the level that I, at this point I've learned is the right amount, drop the, uh, the sponge jar in, mix it together with my fingers like I'm uh, coloring my hair, and then pack it all down, and then I throw a casing layer of choir on top of it. So you're, and, you're actually using layers in your shoe boxes even. Yep. And I run unmodified shoe boxes in the tent. Um, I don't have gasketed ceiling lids. They're just your, your typical basic bitch, uh, shoe boxes. Um, and I put those on, I go in there twice a day to, to mist it. Um, and that's mainly to keep the sub wet initially. Um, after that, it's more so just to allow a little bit of fresh air, um, exchange. But for the most part, between the carbon filter, the exhaust fan, and the fans built into the lights and the shoe boxes not having gaskets, it usually circulates fresh air through all of it pretty well and easily by itself. Damn. All right. Nice. Yeah. Well, Thanks, fa- Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, actually that's a that's a decent fucking flush. Oh, I was yeah. thinking you're going to be uh, on the low. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was I was skeptical when I first got into it. I was like, like everybody else, I went on to Google and I was like, all right, how to grow mushrooms, you know? And I, I sat yeah. here and searched and searched. I actually got lucky. I found a YouTuber, um, Munch- uh, Munchausen, super yeah. cool dude, um, super knowledgeable. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, he's been on here. He's been one of our interviewers. Oh, yeah. We had him, yeah, we had so- had him a little while ago. Mm, one second. Sorry, I had to take some medicine. But yeah, so like, I just religiously tuned into his YouTubes and like sat there from I think in my my time zone, it was like eight or nine, 8pm to 10pm. And I did it twice a week when he was running twice a week. And it was just like, I don't know, I think I lived on there for about a month and a half. And I was asking every question under the sun. Um, and just soaking it all in like a sponge. So between that, eventually finding his discord and then finding all of the discords right. it was like i was a butterfly i was jumping around everywhere talking to everyone asking questions um and so because of that i'd say that i've i've had some pretty significant luck um and yeah so it, it's been it's been pretty nice um and at this point like with how dialed in i have my tech um i've actually started and another group that I monitor or help moderate on Facebook, um, something that we've started to implement is trying to help beginners. So it's it's a beginners group, um, and these are people who haven't even like done anything beyond looking at mushrooms online. You know what I mean? Um, and they want to get into cultivating. And so I've started sending out grow along kits. So the idea is that. I get with the person who who's interested um, and I don't charge them anything for what it's worth um, because these are people who are just getting in or they're having such a terrible experience with contamination or failed genetics or whatever the case is, they just can't seem to get it. So um, a lot of them are not in a financial position like Robert and I were where they can go and drop hundreds of dollars on all the stuff like I did initially to eliminate all the variables and stuff. So in turn, what I'm doing is I'm taking sub that I've cooked and pasteurized 
that I know is clean because I'm, I'm running it currently. Um, grain jars that I'm also running, um, taking those that I've sterilized, run through the pressure canner. And basically, I send this entire care package out where it's an unmodified shoe box. There's, um, there's a bag of vacuum sealed substrate that I've already hydrated. Um, there's a grain jar that's been hydrated, pressure canned, and all that fun jazz. Um, what else did I put in there? Um, I put 10 agar plates in there. Um, five of our low nutrient water agar, 10 are high nutrient or regular. Um, I throw in a surprise swab um, of whatever I have available. Um, and then I get with the person who's receiving this grow along and I ask them, you know, here's some genetics that I have that I have fully colonized and stable agar plates currently. Which one sounds interesting to you? And what I do is that like um, this one that I'm doing tonight, actually, uh, we're actually going live to this, start this with this person. Um, I have like, I don't know, 10 different plates that I've cloned from a 70 gram Louis Vuitton. Um, that's the one that she decided to go with. And so what we're going to do is I don't have a problem regrowing Louis Vuitton. It's super fun. I, I really enjoy that one. Um, but given that, her and I are going to do like a one-to-one -one grow along, but it's going to be streamed live on the Facebook group. So that's just kind of how I'm starting to give back now is helping these beginners who aren't in that financial position to go through and buy a pressure canner to make their own grain or buy sterilized substrate that's coming from a reputable source and getting genetics from somebody who you know is trustworthy and stuff. And I'm eliminating all of that for them and basically putting it down to how good can we get your sterile tech with all of these variables controlled. And then additionally, because you've had such a strong failure rate, like we all know once you get that first, um, that first successful grow, the amount of confidence that you get just skyrockets you further into this hobby, this lifestyle. Um, and so that's kind of the premise is get your first successful grow with having all the controls possibly in place to help you su ex uh, succeed at that, but also eliminate that cost factor for you. So that way you don't have to worry about, you know, not being able to have the proper stuff, the proper clean stuff to work with. So Nice. Sounds like you're doing good work. Trying to. Doing, doing God's work. Doing God's yeah. work. Doing God's work. Not your God, the other God. That's the other one. one. But yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So I know you're, you said you do, you're, doing, you're doing the tubs for everybody, the little shoe boxes. Now, yep. it, it might be No, you know what? Because then they can reuse the tubs afterwards. Never mind. I was going to say it'd probably be nice and easier to do just an all-in-one bag and send it out if you mm -hmm. already had your all the ones already set up. And then, but yeah. that would only be yeah. a one-time use. So no, you're never mind. I, yeah. I retract. I retract my statement. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's funny because I think I think you and I kind of brushed on that before at some point, and I remember you mentioning that. And immediately after we talked about it, I actually went to the other moderators of the group that are also involved in this like grow along project right. um, mentor thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and one of the girls, she does run bags um, and her and I discussed it and she was like, Oh yeah, I can totally make a bag. So that way, if somebody is not in a position to be able to run a shoebox for whatever reason, maybe they've got to put it in a box that hides in their closet. They can't just have the shoebox out and about. Um, 
she's going to make some all-in-one bags um and we're kind of still in the experimental stages so like you know i sent out this unmodified shoe box i think the next one we're going to send out um uh either just a grain bag or an all-in-one bag and we're kind of going to dial in like what's most cost efficient for us um because obviously you know we don't want to we don't want to break our our wallets trying to trying to do this either um but we also don't want to skimp on anyone either so we want to find the one that works best and easiest um well if you use the bags it would probably be almost i don't want to say idiot proof and make it sound like you know i'm talking down to people but if you get the Mm -hmm. bag and you send it out and they just they crimp the tops not only mm-hmm. like where you live, like you had to go to the tent because the, the humidity wasn't there. We had that tent, and if the wa- yeah. if you everything's field capacity, th- mm-hmm. you're basically that bag is a tent, and it's you're never gonna have to deal with it until it's time to pull fruits out. <laughs> Definitely agreed. You know? So, so yeah, we're gonna be- we're gonna experiment around, but that's definitely on the horizon for the next one. Is awesome. to send out a, a bag. Um, and we're just gonna we're gonna try and keep the variables consistent for us as well, so that way we can say like, okay, same grain, same sub, same genetic, same everything. The only thing changing this time is, you know, the medium that it's all grown in, bag versus uh, shoebox. And if one produces better than the other, or one has more blushes or whatever the case is and at that point we can kind of determine like okay this is probably the best route to go to help these people in their first grows uh, have that success with a high yield rate or big fruits or whatever the case may be oh yeah that'd be a plus what kind of grain are you using um so for me i run uh rye uh have you ever tried anything else run. i have not so one of the first things that I learned when I got into this was, you know, when you, when you pick your grain, a lot of the time, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Stick with it, learn it, get good with it. Um, and then from there venture out. And so that's why I've been running just choir and just grain or rye. Um, I really dialed in, it's kind of like my baseline. So that way, if I ever venture out to something else and it completely wrecks or, I completely fuck it up. I'm going to be like, okay, that's not for me or that's not working or it's going to take me more time to learn this, but I can still work with rye. I know how to do rye and I know how to do choir. Um, and so that's one thing that I always try to mentor on to other people too. The same thing with the agar, like there's tons and tons of different agar recipes, you know, depending on what you're trying. Exactly. One and then add something here and there when you're, when you are so comfortable it's mm-hmm. like it's like nothing's going on. Exactly. And don't, so that's kind of don't do five different grains, five different agars, five different substrates to see what's going on. Because guess what? I don't care who the fuck you are. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to keep track of all those projects and you're gonna fucking up. You're gonna be fucking shit up. I know. I, exactly. I know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So shit, I have a hard enough time keeping track of my underwear sometimes. Not the ones I'm wearing, but like the ones in my dresser. But but so to keep track of all the different things going on and like I think you've seen how my my lab works. The amount of agar plates that I have on there just as like a six month person. It's just it's one of those where like like I went in there yesterday and I found plates from the beginning of March that are growing blobs and pens on it and i'm just like oh okay well that's normal 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a yeah. box full of collection of plates go way back to years. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> You've seen my plate collection. I, I I get filled in front of my flow hood like five times with different plates. Yes. It's awesome. It's my zen. My flow it's hood. my zen. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna be getting a flow hood soon. Um, but in the meantime, it's like I'm supposed to so where I'm at right now and why I've like really been digging into just doing and prepping, like if you people look at my shit and they're like, Oh my God, you have so many agar plates. Like I think, um, last weekend I poured like 250 plates and then I also made another 18 pint jars and everyone's just like, why do you have so many? And I'm like, well, first I do work a lot of genetics and make a lot of transfers and stuff, but more so than anything, like right now I'm a, I'm scheduled to have surgery tomorrow. Now I was supposed to have surgery on Friday shit got messed up with the OR. So they moved it to tomorrow. Um, so with that over the next month, like I'm not going to be able to lift 10 pounds. So I'm just like, all right, well, what I have to make five pound bags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So everything that I've been doing is just kind of like prep work. So over the next month, I'm like super excited to dig in and do as much mycology work as I can, because you know, with my normal nine to five, it's like I have a couple hours in the afternoon after an already 10 hour day between work, waking up, getting ready, etc. So it's one of those where like, I'm excited, but I need to get a flow hood at this point. I'm fairly certain of it because I feel like I'm going to start going through over these next four to six weeks, like 200 plates a week. So <laughs> it's that will uh, definitely help the open air transfers, everything else. Yeah, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's better than a flow hood, I mean, that when it comes to mycology is the pressure cooker. You know, you get that when you go to get the pressure cooker, that huge step right there takes you to that mm-hmm. level. And you're there forever until you get a flow hood. <laughs> and then yeah. you just go up to that next level, you know? So it's a, don't get me wrong. I've done, I did everything for 10, 15 years without a flow hood. No longer than mm-hmm. that. 15. Maybe 15, 20 years. I've been doing this since 99. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had a flow hood for a couple of years. So, a lot. Nice. 20, 20 plus years. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. I did oven tech. I opened my I opened my oven and did everything on it. On I pulled off the shelf after I had the oven blaring. So, I was mm-hmm. doing it in the fucking hot air. So, the heat stratification Ew. was pumping it out. But it was keeping everything from falling on my plates. Keeping everything from falling on my bags. I never had contamination issues. But I, I mean, maybe it's just me doing it for so long. I don't have TAM issues because, I mean, I'm fucked up. I use ISO on everything. I put, I put, it's like Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. I go, <laughs> yeah. I put ISO on my ISO. Uh, right? Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm the same way. I was having. Well, what got you started? What got you started in mushrooms? Like, what was the um, thing that you? Were... So my first experiences with it were, God, how? What year is it? fucking 23 so it would have been over 10 years ago um so that was kind of like my first experiences with it back then i was a young party stage didn't give shit so i just wanted to get fucked up um and so that that was kind of my introduction to it but it was only later on in life that i started to realize a direct correlation between the times that i was doing mushrooms compared to the times that i wasn't doing them but before and after 
And I noticed with the after part, and I'm and I'm not just talking like the next day with the with the after. I'm talking days, weeks, months, even years after. Um, yeah, it was such a benefit to my mental health um, that it, it eventually led to getting involved in October. So um, leading up to October, you know, my Robert, he hadn't ever tried it. It was funny. Him and his coworker, they had came over, or well, Robert was living with me at the time, but his coworker came over. It was our first like host dinner for one of his friends or coworkers or whatever. And we're all sitting there, we're just playing video games, watching TV, and having a banging ass meal. And somehow, I don't remember how, but the the conversation got up got brought up about about tripping. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh yeah tripping this, that, and the other. I remember I was like doing this and the bathroom floor was like that. And next thing you know, I was skateboarding and I don't even remember how I was standing up, but I was fucking landing shit. I've never tried before first try and shit. And then they're just looking at me and I'm like, Oh, you guys got the looks of like, you never tripped before. And they're like, no, we haven't. And so like literally that night after his coworker leaves from having dinner, I think he left around 10 I hit up one of my friends that was a history lineage doesn't matter. I hit one of them up and there's like, yeah, sure. And I think like two o'clock that morning, we finally were able to get a hold of some and like, I mainly did it. So that way Robert could experience it and he enjoyed it so much. And the uh, proceeding like week, two weeks afterwards, there was such a change in his mood and, um, you know, emotions and shit and for the positive that we both agreed that it would be worth putting money into doing this. So that way, instead of calling somebody up and spending, you know, a hundred, two hundred dollars a fucking week to be able to do this, we could just spend a couple hundred dollars now and be able to do it forever. (laughs) Exactly. Now, what I didn't know at that time though, was like, you know, mycology is like a boat and boat stands for about another thousand in case you didn't know. Um, and that's what I'm learning is like, I go with how much mycology work I'm doing. It's like, I go into the lab, I'm like, oh, I need to make six transfers and I make six transfers. And I look and I'm like, well, I need to order more agar dishes or Petri plates. And I'm like, all right, well, with how much I'm doing, might as well just order 500. And next thing you know, there's, you know, you're ordering a hundred, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars worth of Myco stuff every couple weeks and shit. So didn't know it's that been, at the time. It's <laughs> so. been one of my cheaper hobbies though. Like Appreciate overall. It. Yeah. Because yeah. like try owning a horse or some shit. It's fucking mycology's cheap. Oh yeah, definitely. I will one hundred percent agree. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what pushed me into it was for my mental health. Um, you know, my my history with mental health, I'm diagnosed uh major depressive disorder recurrent severe um i'm only in current partial remission at the moment um with that it's i don't know it's still hit or miss like my therapist still wants to go throw me in a hospital like we're waiting to see how i feel a couple days after surgery and like if things aren't that great then she's gonna put a a 72-hour hold on me so like it's still pretty prominent of how severe it is um, I also suffer with anxiety, uh, PTSD, and insomnia. And this is shit that like I've dealt with my whole life. Like I think my first suicide attempt was somewhere around like age seven or nine, somewhere in that ballpark range. My first hospitalization happened when I was like 11. 
Um, I've been in and out of like psych hospitals my entire life. Like, I think I've been in over a hundred admissions, um, anywhere from three days up to over a year at a time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely been a battle. It's been very severe and I've tried every Western medication, um, out here on the market. I, I think anything released over the past, like two, the past two or three years are medications that I haven't been on. But up till like basically 2020, every medication on label and off label for psychiatric order, uh, illnesses, I have tried and been on at some point in my life. Um, and so right now, like I'm, I'm sitting here, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, eight different medications I take daily. Um, and so, and that just barely scrapes the surface. Um, I did find some solitude and ketamine treatments. Um, I started doing those uh, late uh, 2021. It was like the end of December of 2021. Between those medications and the ketamine treatments that I would go into my doctor's office and do, I just don't want people getting the idea that like I went down the street and I'm getting some ketamine from somebody and I'm like, yeah, that's my treatment. No, like I go into the office, they, they do the DSM-5, bullshit they blood pressure temperature all the fun jazz and then they administer it and so on and so forth um so i started doing those it was either that or go back into a hospital for like six months and go under electric convulsion therapy again and i really didn't want to do that so i was like let's try ketamine let's just see what happens because that was fairly new um the fda didn't approve intranasal um for treatment re treatment resistant depression until 2019. Um, and so it's still fairly new in the market as being a, an available resource. Um, I was doing intramuscular for the record. That's why I had to go into the office. But nevertheless, I had great success with that. Um, but I knew right before my surgery last year and kind of like the months leading up to it and the months afterwards that the insurance that I had, I was paying buku dollars for out of pocket. I knew that that policy was going to come to an end because I was going to be getting new insurance with a new company that I currently work for. Um, and so with that, I knew that the new insurance was not going to, well, they might cover the treatments, but the facility that I went to, um, they don't bill private insurances. Um, so I knew that I would eventually not be able to do the ketamine treatments anymore. Um, and so knowing that I wanted to find an alternative method to do the same thing as ketamine and still complement my regular Western meds that I take. Um, and so digging into like the research and the, the biochemistry of everything and whatnot, that's when I found out that, you know. Uh oh, the phone died. <laughs> Or Where the screen went black. No, it's just there. I think the screen went black. Try waking your phone up, sweetie. And I can only say, Czar, where you at, buddy? I'm here. I'm ah, yeah, oh, buddy. he's alive! He's oh, alive! He's alive! 35 minutes what up, in. Tony? There he is. Jesus, he's alive. Oh, she died. died. She died. She's been a good person to interview. Right? I told you. Yeah, that was amazing. I haven't like had to like say anything at all. I've just been listening. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I basically almost did a pre-interview with her the other day when we were talking. They were going through all this shit. I had like a liter of ice cream since since she started talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> yeah. She has. She has. She does like she has like a server. It's like all uh, for women's. It's a women's server. Is what it is. So I was saying when she said she's helping people, it's an all woman server to help women and stuff. So I mean, it's cool and everything, but uh, I mean, she's got all kinds of shit going on. She's trying I to help people it. and herself at the Probably same just, time. Just full of pillow fights. It's oh yeah, you know. Well, you never. Know. All women server. It's just full of pillow fights. This is what yeah. they do. We're not watching. It's just all pillow fights. Yeah, she's back. There. Oh no! I I went off screen and then I forgot about they cut me out and stuff. So yeah. Anyways, what you missed was that um, ketamine and psilocybin work very similar in the way that it works in your brain, um, and that's what drove me into mycology was I needed to have something to complement my Western medication um, uh, once the ketamine treatments ended. Have you tried the, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people say like after you do like a, a macro and you can start mm-hmm. coming off of other, are you trying to like wean yourself off your other stuff or um, are you just trying yet. to use it in, okay, use it at the same time? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not yet. Um, so right now it's, they go together. Um, and the reason why I say not yet, um, and I think this was what was cut off when I was reading whatever, um, So the reason why I'm not coming off of them just yet is when I'm just on my Western or Westernized medication, um, I should just say my psych meds. I I don't know why I keep saying Western medication. I guess it it helps differentiate, I guess, I suppose. But anyways, when I'm just on those, um, it's, it works, but in a sense where still every two to five weeks, Um, I'm usually back in the hospital and most of the time it's from, um, a severe suicide attempt. So with just Western medication, I'm in the ER getting my stomach pumped or getting stitches or whatever the fuck I tried to do. And then going back to the psychiatric hospital for anywhere from, you know, that short three day stay to two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Three days. Yeah. I put many people on those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and and it's one of those where it's never fun, um, you know, but it's at that point where, like, if that's what you need, that's what you need. And I'm perfectly willing at this point in my life to be like, yep, that's the level I'm at. Let's fucking go. You know, I've been working way too hard to to end up back in the emergency room because I've already tried something. I'd rather go hang out with my, my support friends that are professionals in a locked facility and not be able to wear shoes because they have shoelaces, you know, if that's the difference of being here, not totally fine, but whatever. So, but with just Western medication, um, you know, that was the the cycle that I was going through. So right now with the way that the ketamine treatments were working and now switching over to psilocybin, um, and macro dosing and micro dosing, um, it would be the equivalent for me with just with how long I've dealt with all this in my life. Um, it would be the equivalent of getting on like an antidepressant, feeling good after, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months and be like, Oh, I feel great. I don't need this anymore. And then you abruptly stop. Um, yeah, it never I think, works out. 
Exactly. So I think, you know, I still need a couple years of the, the combination of the two um, before well, if I you're start. taking anything that's going to regulate your dopamine receptors, your body's mm-hmm. going to get used to that and stop making as much okay. dopamine or regulate its own dopamine. So longer you're on the Western medicine without looking to either mm-hmm. wean yourself off or fix the underlying issue, the more it's going to require, the more meds it's going to require to take. Agreed. And so, and with that said, so my psychiatrist, she knows, like, she knows that I do the ketamine treatments. She even knows that I I grow and consume psilocybin. She knows my microdose schedule. She knows my macrodose schedule. She knows all of that. And she like is super experienced. I I don't know how I found the psychiatrist that is experienced as much in all of it. I'm thinking she probably does it too on her own. Um, most most but, professionals do now. It's, it's you'd, crazy. Yeah, you'd be yeah. surprised how many of my yeah. <laughs> fellow doctors and nurses do it. <laughs> yeah, but so with that, like, she's helping regulate the Western medication in comparison to doing check-ins with me and following up with like, okay, this is how much you've been doing. This is what you're doing. Um, and like, we regularly order once a year gene site testing. So like what, if, what gene site testing is, if for those that are unaware, um, it takes a DNA sample, um, you send it into a lab, and it pretty much goes through and it kind of figures out like what medications, maybe not brand name, but family of medications that would work good for you, which won't work good for you, and what just won't work at all. Um, and so like with my, my mental health, you know, the typical antidepressant with a mood swing stabilizer um, that's typically the route that psychiatrists like to go. Um, and we found out that after doing the gene site testing, that the typical mood swing stabilizers like Abilify and shit have absolutely no effect on me. And so doctors could never figure out why they're like, oh, I don't understand. You're on this much of this anti- um, um, antidepressant and you're on this much of, of, of this medication and you're just having no results whatsoever. Um, and that was why. So I love her to death for ordering that. But now that we've been doing the ketamine and the uh, the psilocybin dosing, um, we order that once a year to kind of reevaluate and recheck. And we've started to notice like the levels of certain family of medications that I need to take, they're starting to decrease. Um, so like to give you an idea, Right now, and this is like actually a decrease from where it has been, um, but right now, without doxing myself too much, like I take Cymbalta 60 milligrams twice a day, Boostpar 30 milligrams twice a day, um, Oxcarbazepine, which is a anti-convulsive, but off-label, it works for mood. I take 900 milligrams of that twice a day, um, Trazodone 200 milligrams at bedtime for sleep. And then prazosin or prazosin for PTSD, I take 10 milligrams of that for bedtime at sleep. And like, if you're not familiar with all of that, like cut those in half and then cut those in half again. And that's usually like the range for most people for those dosages, you know? So like, it's insane how my metabolic rate with all of these medications are so astronomically stupid. <clears throat> but we've noticed with doing these new innovative ways to treat mental health, those requirements have been dropping down. 
So I'm not needing to take as much dosage on those medications. So the eventual goal is to continue stepping the medication down and maybe come off of it um, at some point. But for now, it's, you know, new antidepressant syndrome where if we were to start tapering it down now or completely stop, then it's going to end up being one of those. Um, yeah. Like, did I lose everyone? Nope, I'm here. Oh, okay, cool. I am apparently yeah, here, gonna... too. <laughs> there she is. Psycho just got back. Nice. Welcome back. But yeah, so that's uh, that's the word vomit on my mental health and why I got into mycology and you know why I've invested so much money and have the lab and the growing apparatuses and stuff that I do is because it's not just a not just a hobby that keeps me busy. It's not just something that, you know, like a lot of people that get into this where it's like, you oh, this, this is going to be my, yeah, exactly. I need this shit or I will end up going back into crisis and more than likely killing myself. Like that's the blatant not beat around the bush or be, yeah, not beat around the bush. And do you have a uh, favorite strain that you particularly like? Um. So, so far, um, the two that I've found that have been the most helpful um, when it comes to like my, my mental health. Um, I ended up giving, getting a gift from my friend, Mike, who actually ended up running into Dave Wombat at a festival. Um, And he ended up gifting him a, uh, two syringes of um, Avery albino LCs. And he nice. took one of them and he ended up giving it to me. Um, and I was like, this is when I was first getting into it and almost didn't know anything about cloning. And luckily I learned as like the last fruits from the last flesh on the last tupper producing. So I cloned it and I'm getting ready to send it back to substrate at this point. But I found the Avery albinos are phenomenal um, just because they have as I say, a rainbow shimmer to everything. It's like I a find, rainbow metallic shimmer. I, I I call my eight whenever I do, whenever I've heard about people doing <laughs> Avery Albino, it's like mm-hmm. you're living in the Wonder Years. Everything exactly. Looks, everything looks weird, and everything looks <laughs> like you're in the eighties. Yeah. It's it, that's that's the way I that's the way I explain it. It's but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's just it it's a really feel good fruit, you know, like shiny everything happy people. Exactly. And it and it's so good. So it's like knock on wood, I haven't had a bad trip on Avery's. You know what I mean? Um not to say that's not possible. Um, you know, there's always a lot of different factors, but I have found those to be on, you know, if we're gonna talk albino side, that one is the one that I found to be super helpful and a good trip um on the non-albino side i actually just grew um thrasher recently oh i have Um, i have lots of that that's that's pretty nice isn't it yeah thrashers that one's really fun you know and it's i the way i explained it so the last time that i did thrasher it was actually funny i was hanging out with um uh i'm not sure if czar was on but Psycho is on and a couple of the other people that all hang out and talk together. And one of, one of the guys in the group and during the voice chat, they were just going on about this story. And I'm like, this is a really good story. So I grabbed a fucking jar that had 16 and a half grams in it. 
And I'm just sitting there snacking like it's fucking popcorn listening <laughs> to this. And like, and keep in mind that with all the medications that I'm on, it is a lot harder for me to have the same experience as people not on the medications. So like, you know, for me, 16 grams, I don't want people to go and be like, oh, I need to take 16 grams. Like, no, 16 grams for me is like an equivalent of like five or six grams for a normal person, not on all my meds. Um right. So don't, don't go out and try to be a hero guys. You know, if that's not your typical forte, don't do it. I'm not promoting that. But anyway, so I sit here and I, I munch these down and I, I really enjoyed the taste. You know, they didn't have that harsh, bitter taste that normal mushrooms do. Um, but then, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm chilling and relaxing. And I'm feeling pretty good, but like visuals and stuff, they're not really there or anything. Um, but the way I described it is like, it's like getting in an elevator and someone farting but not hearing it and then it just smacks you in the face because that's what it's like. It's like you're chilling and the next thing you, you know it's like Thrasher this. silent but deadly. It's silent so but deadly. It when it hits you, it's like zero to a hundred. You know, like I'm sitting there tripping balls. I'm not even gonna lie, I'm on the couch, I'm looking across the room at this like I don't know, like eight by 11 photo I have on the wall. And it hits so hard that this photo that I normally can't see that well is like right in front of my face. It's, you know, 3D projected off the wall, like it's astral projecting, uh-huh. could reach around it and stuff. Um, and then like at one point I laid down on the carpet and the carpet kind of turned into, um, remember the old school TVs where if you got really close to it and you looked into it, you could see the red, blue, and green little rectangles. Yep. My carpet fucking looked like that. Um, super cool. But again, mental You were in the Matrix for sure. I was in the Matrix. Yeah. I took both the red and blue pill at the same time and it was phenomenal. But, <laughs> um, but mental health wise, um, Again, it's one of those where while tripping, um, it's a it's a happy trip. You know, it's not one of those ones that bring on such extreme visuals that make you feel down or scared or anything. You know, um, it, it just it makes you feel good. And the way Robert described it when he did it is um, he did it and he said he could see like um happy dogs popping up everywhere. So like he was having a great time too on them. Um, and so it is, it's a feel good, it's a feel good culture. Um, and then the next day and the day after, like the afterglow is just, you feel really good and it continues going on. So those two are kind of like my, my top two that I cultivate now for my mental health. Um, of course I'm cultivating, anything and everything that looks cool or people send me um, just because I always want to have that variety. You know, we know how easy it is for genetics to get mislabeled and lost. And now all of a sudden it's completely gone from the entire realms. So I want to make sure that I always have different things um, that I'm cultivating that way. If I ever lose Thrasher and can't find it, or if I lose Avery Albino and I can't find it or whatever the case is, you know, I do have other options to go back to. I suggest ODPE. You should try that okay. one. But I have yes. not tried that one, but I will look into it. Yeah, you need to go ahead and... Um... It's a fun one. It grows really, really well. It's pretty resistant to, you know, pretty much everything. It's a beast. Mm-hmm. And it's 
very, very visual. (laughs) 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 The laughs make it seem like a great foreshadow. (laughs) Well, well, no, it's because I've been working on it for a long, long time. So mine is like, uh, I don't know what the word I would use. Not normal. Let's just say say it's not normal. It's, It's super awesome. I'll just say that. (laughs) <laughs> but nice. no it's definitely awesome I'll, I'll send you a plate nice. yeah it's good stuff man well, one of my favorites okay definitely yeah I'll favorites. definitely work with that one nice mm-hmm. so what else we got what else do we got so talked about that we talked about that well I, you, I mean you got all kinds of shit going on I mean you went uh What's going on with your server? I mean, I know you said it was like you have like a woman's only server where it's you're trying uh, to help them. Yeah, so it's um it's actually a Facebook group. Um Wait, what? Oh. I was like oh, she's talking to her babies. So <laughs> I was like, uh I haven't anyways. So it's a Facebook group. It's um it's called Lady or Beginners and Ladies of Mycology. Um and the whole premise of it is for all of these new um, new women getting into mycology. Um, is Zar sleeping? Is Zar sleeping? That's what it sounds like. Is he snoring <laughs> on the air right now, Zar? Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> he passed out. I think he needs to sleep. Zar, you're never living this down, ever. I have, I'm making you into a meme right now. He passed out. <laughs> well, he's over there. You just saying he ate like a pint of ice cream or a liter of ice cream. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> like, damn, I'm sorry. My story is so boring, yeah, bro. Sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Am I not entertaining? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, that's great. Thoroughly. But- all right, continue with your Facebook okay. page, please. Okay. So, um, Facebook's so stupid, the... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook's stupid, by the way. It is. Yeah, you know but what? I will. I will admit this. I would not. I would recommend getting off of Facebook only because it's just all bad. I mean, nothing. Nothing good is ever going to come from Facebook from you being on there. So, Honest, I mean, okay, wait. so it's funny. I have not had Facebook for years and years. And then there was a podcast that uh, Michael Geeky did. It was um, the High Fay Not Husbands podcast. Um, and I ended up being one of the, the few that was able to get a certain swab set from uh, Susie with Nikki Maiko. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I received that, um, you know, there's a little thank you note in it and everything, and it indicated about uh, a group that her and Missy from the Mushroom Oracle, um, not the server, but the shop, um, right. there was um, a group that they had, which was just ladies of mycology. Um, and so the only reason why I even have Facebook, I created it just to go into that group to kind of see what was up. Um and then by being in that group, I met, <clears throat> excuse me, I met the women that also uh, moderate and admin the group that I'm referencing at this point. Right. I met them there. 
And then just because of uh, some discontent issues, a few of them broke off and they asked me to come moderate with them on that page. And so I'm still in both, but um, that's pretty much the main reason why I'm on Facebook is for those two groups. Somehow in between those two, um, I got invited to this other group called How to Do Drugs Like an Adult. It's promoting a book and that's the name of the book. Um, but for some reason or another, the guy who's, who's in charge of it, he was like, ah, you're really knowledgeable about mushrooms. You're now the moderator and group expert on it. And I'm like, how the fuck does this keep happening to me? Like, <clears throat> why does everybody love me so much? But I'm cool with it. But so anyways, back to, it's back cause, to your It's because you guys have boobs. If you have boobs, uh, you become a moderator immediately. Yeah. If you're in there. Because yeah. everyone's like. Right? Oh, I'm not every, a fucking every, monitor of anything. Every, every, me neither. I'm like, as, as, matter of fact, I'll, but I know somebody will join in two days. They'll be, they'll be like, hey, I've got some tatas. And they're like, hey, you're the new moderator. <laughs> Sick. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've been here for three um, years. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. But not that I'm not that I'm responsible enough to be a moderator by any means. But you know, hundred percent. Agreed. No. But yeah. on the bright side, you both could go get a breast augmentation, and then boom, you become moderators every night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like a lot of work. Deadpool, Deadpool. If you get tits, I'll make you a them all. Now he's awake. Now that we're talking about men's with titties. Yeah, there you go. Bring up boobs and it'll, it all comes back. I'm going to say titties. titties. <laughs> Boobies. <laughs> but yeah, so. No, but, all right. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. sorry about that. That's you said boobies. No, you're no, good. Oh, wait, wait, hey, I'm, I'm right. Look, <laughs> I am I'm 100% proud to say this. The surgery I'm having tomorrow is getting bigger boobs. Like, yeah. so, I'm, yeah. Boobs are yeah. like. But yeah, so with the group, um, so the whole premise of it is really, it, it's almost like a mentorship group, um, but it's not like a, you know, it's not like a tattoo apprenticeship where you have to go in and try and get accepted as an apprentice. Um, it's just, it's meant to be there for beginners of mycology and for women right. of mycology to come in, have the non-toxic Reddit spaces of overzealous guys what's you know what i mean like we, huh? what's wrong with reddit don't um, even get started on reddit, reddit yeah <laughs> reddit, reddit is horrible yeah i mean reddit it's like the shroomery it's like the it's like the new shroomery but I'm you, fucking with no you. one no one's held no one you can't be held liable on anything on reddit because nobody knows who the fuck you are at least on exactly. facebook people can put a picture up of their fucking ex-girlfriend and pretend they're a woman you know, or whatever the fuck they want to do. <laughs> you know, so I mean, like I said, like me and Farrell were just talking about earlier, half the people mm -hmm. that are on here pretending to be girls are actually men just trying to get free genetics. So, I mean, mm -hmm. when you're on a server and you got the girls with a nice little picture of a fucking puffy fucking pink anime thing, you know who I'm talking about, jukebox. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, you know, it's just one yeah. of those things. But, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I like I mean, what you're doing. It's definitely you're coming from a good place, but Facebook is yep. just horrible, horrible. Yeah. Well, and so that's the cool thing about it is that so all of these individuals that come in, um, we regularly go live and do 
phone calls on like through messenger and stuff so a lot of the the individuals that are in there um like we have literally seen like in real time their face and such so you know it's one of those where like there's there's a little bit more merit to it um but still yeah, nevertheless, but, that's, like, but, but that's exactly what i'm saying if you're doing that's even worse if you're yeah. doing that i mean it's the sisterhood of the traveling mycology literally that's that's what it is you know and you know even okay so here's the thing even if it is so i have a lot of friends um throughout my life that i've met that i still talk to or whatever that are part of the lgbt community um and a few of them are trans men and trans women and so like if that's if that's who these individuals are that i run across especially in this facebook group you know i know how tolling it can be on the behavioral health aspect of being trans Oh, that's not even, that's not even, that's not even what we were trying to talk, what they're trying to say. Oh, okay. okay, okay. No, 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 no. What we're trying to say is that with the Facebook, I mean, they actually take your information. You're, even if you're doing live and you're sending photos back and forth, I mean, the Facebook literally keeps all of your pictures. So if you're doing live shows and live Mm -hmm. calls, everything. they're reporting you. you They're reporting you. Everything is being recorded. I mean, what I, what, what I was getting at was that. Facebook it's a big horrible, trap. Yes, it's Facebook is a horrible. Trap. You, I mean, Facebook are the Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. they they yeah. they give you they give everything immediately over, and there is yeah. they don't need they don't need warrants or anything. You're you're they literally have open access to your accounts. Yep, on ah, Facebook. Okay, Mister. So if you're not in a legal state, if you're not in a legal state, and you're making a phone call, they're and they, if you they're already watching you, they're they can literally just watch your phone call live. And nice. if you're and if you have your real email address, your real email address is going to be linked to your real name, to a real credit card, to a real house where your credit card got sent to. So Facebook is the last place that you want to do anything. I'd also I like you. to put out a second thing here is that you could put a hundred guys in a fucking room and leave them alone, and then we're going to organize and start drinking beer. You put a hundred chicks together in a fucking room. And they go Lord of the Flies and start fucking making tribes and trying to kill each other. <laughs> like, that's fair. Women are I mean, mean. Yeah, they're mean to each other. Straight up fucking mean to each other all the time. Like, they might not be mean to each other's faces all the time, but they're fucking mean to each other. That's why my favorite movie is Mean Girls. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And true, that's a true story. It's a, yeah. it's factual. It's so fast. <laughs> Is that the one with the lady that liked to steal underwear? Uh, the the redhead, the, the English lady. What the hell's her name? The oh, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. The, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's uh, her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, kind of yeah. remember that one. Yeah. So I mean, on the bright side, with the the going live stuff or whatever. Um, so a lot of the times, um, so I'm in a decrim state. So right. I'm. I'm kind of okay. Um, so there is that. It is a private group. So it's not like um, it's not like it's just all willy-nilly out in the open publicly. Um, and then the last part to it is is that we try to be coherent about um, what exactly we show. So like obviously we like we're not showing fruits on dehydrators and shit like that. Um, just because like we don't want it to be any type of promotion of like that part of it. 
are you, so, are you guys ever talking about shipping or sending things to each other over state lines? Uh, no. Okay. Good. 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 Yep. Nope. Nope. Just yeah, because that's, that's a that's a big one. That's, that's a felony. That's a big one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's international. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, so it's stuff like that. Um, so we're trying to be very cognizant of that and aware. Um, just just refusing cues and keeping it within the checks and balances of what it needs to be. Um, but yeah, so again, the whole group is just to have these experienced mycologists um, that have been doing this, like the, the main admin of the group, she's been doing it for like 30 years. Um, and so oh, she there's is. a lot of, yeah. So there's a lot of good information that she puts out, like the way that yeah, I learned that? how to do uh, indigo. Okay. If you're familiar with her. I am not. Okay. Nope. I'll have to, right. um, yeah, I'll have to message you and whatnot. So she's, she's fairly knowledgeable, super cool. Um, like the way I learned how to do my rye grain method and everything came from her and I've had nothing but success from it. I love um, like rye. I've had, rye is my favorite. Yes. So I've had better success with that than some of these like super bougie mixes that you can buy online from vendors. I like sorghum too though. Oh my god! Don't even start, Psycho. Don't even start. She likes she likes sorghum today. Three days ago, oats. she loved popcorn. Three days before that, she loved oats. Three oats. days before that, she loved birdseed. Three days before that, she no, loved coffee no, grain mixed with fucking cat shit. That's too much work. No, <laughs> no but no, I'm just kidding. But no, but you're but that's because you're doing you're doing the one you're doing the pick one, fix it all up make your shit fucking dialed in and then add something. So, you know, you're getting your game. Correct. You're, I got you. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. And that, again, that's just the whole point of the, the Facebook group is to take these individuals who are just starting out or, you know, struggling with contam or struggling wherever, or whatever the case is, and just kind of provide a space where they, they can come in, they can ask the questions without the shroomery or Reddit toxicity. Um, you know, that's why we started these, this place. That's why we yeah. started this place is to help people out and answer questions and you know. Yeah. Well, to and, be and fair, like, we're kind of toxic. Yeah. Well, you know, but in a good way, a good type of toxic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but and that's just that's the thing is that a lot of the people on Facebook they don't know about Discord or they don't know how to navigate Discord and it's confusing and so it's just we found it to be easier for them there. Um, and it just it it's a really good thing um so yeah it's it's all about helping others um you know we've we've talked about like we we have a, a trader's place or whatever where like you know it's it's not out in the open or anything but it's you can get on there and say stuff that you have stuff that you're looking for stuff that you're giving um and then so the the Details of that are taken one on one elsewhere. They're yeah, not scores, but remember, legal scores are absolutely legal, except in a couple states. So, that's so you're saying a lot. You're saying a lot of your members aren't smart enough to navigate Discord. That sounds like it'd be difficult because it's hard enough teaching people on Discord at times. So imagine trying mm -hmm. to teach people that aren't smart enough to get onto Discord. I don't know. You 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 are doing a service. You you're a good person. Yeah, exactly. And that's, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's the whole premise of it is like, my well, half the people in the world are dumber than the other half. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they say that like the, they say half the world is 
below average IQ. So literally half the people you meet are actually dumb. So <laughs> well, we like to refer to them uh, as NPCs because there's no fucking yes. way that those people are like actually alive and own cars and have jobs without there yeah. being some giant computer program that steps in and saves them from time to time. Basically, the majority of the Facebook populace. <laughs> but yeah, so, and that's just, that's what it's about is helping these individuals that where mycology is already hard enough to begin with. Um, is this really to give them all the information possible, give them the best chances they have at having a successful grow? Because the first uh, one is, like you said, the first one's the most important because yeah. most times, so whatever happens with that first one, you either love it or you quit. Exactly. That's usually how it works. So you need, if you get all that help in the world, you you get that first girl and you got a couple, you get a couple. So you, you're like, you oh, wow, man, this is, this is a shit. So you're basically saying that uh, growing mushrooms are like a, a hand job from a stranger? Uh, Absolutely. Only if the, yeah, only if it's left hand and they've sat on it and it's numb. So that way it's not gay. See, she does. The stranger. Yes. I sit on my hand. Yes. I actually sit on my hand, but upside down on a fucking iron chair with the grating. So it's not only a stranger. Oh, but it's, it's a and ribs. It gets, it gets, yeah. It's ribbed for my pleasure. <laughs> so That's fucking awesome. Yeah. He likes to call it the so waffle maker. The yeah. waffle maker. Yep. The waffle stranger. <laughs> the waffle, waffle danger. But yeah. Waffle danger. Yeah. Uh, okay. I see. I I put it together in my head. It took me a second. All right. You got the visual. <laughs> I got the visual. <laughs> I apologize in advance. <laughs> That's okay. Can I use you're, steam you're like barley? Have you guys ever used barley? What did you just say? What did you call my mom? You can't use steamrolled barley. Steamrolled barley is actually That's broken just, grains. Well, come on. At that point, it's just fucking oatmeal. It's, it's just turned oatmeal. oatmeal. Yeah, if you yeah. use that, because you're when they when they steamroll it, it's basically crushed. And if it's well, not, the steaming, the the purpose of steamrolling it is to break down the starches and partially autolyze the starches. You use steamrolled barley a lot or steamrolled oats quite a bit in order to make uh, like really good cheap whiskey because it's already, the starches are already broken down. They're partially cooked. They're easy as hell to, uh, at that point, just convert the starches to sugars. But if you cook it, you're just going to, if you add hot water to it, you're just going to turn it into a mush and a giant fucking brick. I mean, you could probably make a decent adobe house out of it <laughs> it definitely uh, make a good glue definitely yeah glue. yeah almost as good as like horse glue they used to make glue a long time ago like back in the little house on the prairie days from uh steamrolled oats and steamrolled barley to hold bibles and shit together so yeah i mean you could but no fuck it god damn it now i'm curious if i could even make a mush for that that mushrooms would grow in I can't see why not. As long as you don't let a ferment get the alcohol in there, it'll be fine. You'd have to make yeah, sure it was rinsed mushrooms well. Mushrooms really definitely don't Mi- like alcohol. Rinsed well, put with some uh, perlite or vermiculite, I bet you it would work. But you would have to be yeah. like, you would have to have it steam sterilized, no water. 
and yeah, hmm. that'd be it. You could you could wouldn't be able to soak it or be ruined. So you would have to put it with perlite or and it had to be coarse because you, you know what? I would probably do it with hydrotron, honestly. Like uh the expanded clay pellets just makes it 50-50 with that shit yep. and just grows that, straight in it. That would work. Yeah. That would hold so yes. pretty well. Could you use it? Yes. Is it gonna be the largest pain in the ass you've ever fucking dealt with and turn everything yes. that touches into glue? Yes. Uh I don't think it's worth it. Definitely not worth it. But I think why would you want to buy it? It's more expensive. I went to the feed store. It was like over here next to the other stuff I'm looking at. (laughs) Oh, dude, there's so much weird shit you can get at the feed store to grow on. While you're there, pick up some alfalfa pellets, damn it. It's really good. I'm doing that. She's already already got them. Yeah, Yeah. good. Excellent. (laughs) Well, I have some, but I think I'm going to get some more, like the cubes. Cubes? Yeah, well, the cubes, the alfalfa cubes, whichever is cheaper. Alfalfa cubes just means it is pressed in larger flakes. It's perfectly acceptable. Mushrooms don't give a shit if it's in tiny little granules or bigger flakes. They grow just fine on it. I've done grows where it was like 75%. No, cedar has oils in it that is uh, that kills everything. It's antibacterial, antifungal, anti-everything. You want hardwood, so, uh, yeah. hardwood pellets. Yeah, hardwood, hardwood. Um, no pine. Like barbecue cedar. pellets. Cheap ass barbecue pellets work really well. Yeah, I grab some. Uh, of those. You you can grow uh, your um, Herculinum. You can grow uh, so lion's mane stuff like Mine that on pine. Yeah, I can. But uh, yeah, you can. It, people do it all the time. You the can, problem is, you're not gonna it's get gonna it. taste you go. weird. And right. <laughs> it's from the oils. You it's, don't don't do yeah. it on pine. You they'll grow yeah. sure, but you won't you'd be able to eat them. Yeah, it tastes weird. Will it grow? Sure. You're like, you're like I wanted to make a great lobster roll with my fucking lion's mane, but now it tastes Why like does it I'm taste eating like fucking Christmas? medicine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this tastes like fucking rumplements. What's going on? Yeah. And it leaves a burning <laughs> sensation. <laughs> That's the turpentine. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no mushrooms. Remember, you want to kind of keep, you want to kind of be careful of what you grow them on, because they're super good at concentrating any sort of toxins in themselves. Kind of like little poison dart frog bastards. So, gotta be a little careful with them. Well, okay. now I got the alfalfa. Um, I got the alfalfa. I got the hardwood pellets. The barbecue pellets. Yeah, yeah. So I use just cheap ass barbecue pellets. Uh, those are the ones that I use, and then alfalfa cubes or the alf- but the, so the alfalfa cubes. The trick to hydrating them is boiling ass water, like hot as shit, because they're squished so hard together that they won't expand in just cold water. You can drop them in there and come back the next day, and they're still solid in the middle. You can't do it. Feed corn, feed corn works good. Like deer feed corn works fine. For my grain? What are you talking? Feed corn. Yeah, feed corn. Feed corn works fine. She does. She does not need any more. <laughs> <laughs> she does not need any more options. She's got like twelve. Chicken scratch. Chicken scratch works great. Oh Jesus. I I make tons of shit out of chicken scratch. He's and like you should you should get some clay you should get some clay pellets and some vermiculite and you can roll no, that you around make, and some clay. So chicken scratch is universally amazing. Okay, so if you're talking about like the tractor supply, cheap ass chicken scratch is like four grain, right? It's got wheat, uh, 
corn in it, some millet, and some uh, sorghum. And uh, that's it, right? It also makes a really decent, like, Kentucky-style bourbon. But uh, if you if you, but, but if you use it, that, it, they don't fuck. I've done it a couple of times, and they don't come out the same. Because every one of those, it's made differently. So if you do it, you have how, no. how am I trying to say this? It's all cracked open corn. It's cracked open corn. The right, corn's cracked open. So it's all the all the pieces are about the same size. So you just fill it with you just fill your pot full of hot water, you ferment it for a couple of days, and ta da, because that was ferment everything. I'm not talking mash. I'm talking never mind. Yeah, so I do my grain prep. I ferment my grain. Of course, I know that. I do the same fucking thing. That's we're basically making our own peptone. Yeah, because when we make the fact that we let it bloom, and then all the bacteria and all the yeast, they have a party, and then we fucking kill them, and we make our own yeah. peptone. Genocide. We make, we're like they're gods. They make billions of them, and then we we trillions and trillions. There's more little yeasties alive than in sands on the beaches of all the known worlds, and then we go in there and we just murder the shit out of them and feed them to our pets. Yes. Yes. I have no idea what just happened right there, but that is true. America. America genocide. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for the freedom. <laughs> Why you got it. <laughs> anyway. So, well, you got any questions? Any questions? Anything you want to ask? Anyone? Anyone? Anybody got any questions? Question? Question? Nope. Nope. God damn it. We killed the fucking chat again. No, well, that was I'm, me. I'm yeah, trying to me. think. So I've recently got into. Um, now I'm here getting Milo and alfalfa pellets. So I'm waiting for them to load my car now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. Did we get put on hold or something? Am no. I'm right hold? here. So I've recently got into um, making LC. Um, yes. So I just went and looked, and right now I'm one for four. <laughs> so I think the first, so we kind of brushed on this, but the first time I did it, um, I definitely believe I overcooked it and caramelized it. Yeah. yeah, caramelized the fuck out of it. It looked like unhealthy pee. Like it, you might want to go get checked for jaundice. Mm, unhealthy. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it was like, honestly, so I overcooked it to begin with and it caramelized. And then I think I added my sample way too soon. Um, and I wasn't sure how to add the sample. So I just dumped in a whole agar plate. Dumb idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's so bad, right? that i sat there i did all that looked good at first put it on the stir plate it was looking fine then after like four days four or five days on the stir plate i went ahead and pulled some up in a syringe i took it to two agar plates um and then i sent it to two jars two pint jars of grain um what color did they turn <laughs> they had no growth period and it's like so much so that for an fafo i had a Jedi mindfuck plate. Um, actually, two of them that I they were old and they were starting to pen, so I went ahead and I sent those to grain. But when I did that, the two grain jars, I put that in. Um, I put it on that, and they're actually growing in it just fine. 
So I don't know how I managed to mess it up so bad that it literally did nothing. But so far, there's no contempt, which is really odd. So you uh, probably ended up using so much sugar that you just made it to where poison. it's prohibitive to grow like honey, you know? It's oh, okay. You've made it poisonous yeah. for fungus. Oh, well, well why, it's is okay. agar, why is the agar plate that I added? So I took the grain jar, popped in like three milliliters of the, the bad LC, right? Did nothing. But then I took the JMF plate and I popped those agar places into it and it's growing fine. Same grain That's because well, Each grain is different too. Okay. That's be- well, it's because like you know the three mils in a jar is is nothing. So you, all you did was add a little bit of sugar water to the jar, and then you throw the Jedi Mindfuck plate on there, and it's gonna be fine. What's the poison? Uh, what's the poison level, Farrell? It's like five percent. Anything past five percent? Yeah, anything over five percent, and it won't. It's prohibitive for growth. So you want to stay about two, two and a half percent. Is what you kind of want to be at, which okay. is very little for a pint jar. That's that's a very small amount. You're looking at like okay. two grams, up, but each like I said, well, like I was saying, each strain though is different. So I mean, yeah. you might have one that will grow just fine at five percent, and then you'll have another one. It could be the same fucking strain, even. I mean, you could every. I don't. People keep saying that you can't train your mycelium. You can. You can definitely train your shit to go ahead because if you, I'm not getting into it right now, but yeah, <laughs> but you'll have you'll have the same strain. Because it's people, you got these stupid people out there talking shit they don't know about. But you got, um, uh, now I'm just mad. Hold on, I'm gonna stab something right back. <laughs> but no, each each strain, I mean, <laughs> my God. Uh, never mind. Well, it, the, the more domesticated a strain is, the, the, the more babying it requires. So the further you get away from what looks like a wild mushroom, the more babying it's going to require. So if it looks like a like, fucking mutant and something really, really cool, you're going to be working on that bitch. That's yeah, you got to baby that one a little bit. Like if it's like like Enigma, for example, it takes forever in the perfect conditions in order to get it to actually do anything. Um, mm-hmm. But like you can take something like Golden Teachers and basically just look at it sideways, it's going to fruit. You know? Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the 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 more babied it is and, and the the, the more mutations it has, those mutations are mistakes in genetic code. And certain things, that's it, it can make them massive, crazy mushrooms. Like, it's like, uh, it's it's like a dumb animal. It's like a dumb animal. Yeah. like that. It's like a dumb animal. In nature, if that dumb animal doesn't know yeah. to fucking not eat a fucking rock. It's gonna die. <laughs> but you got the <laughs> dumbest, the dumbest of the gazelles is what you're basically growing when you're yeah. growing like. Yeah. When you're growing something like, uh, exactly. what's that new one everybody freaking loves? That's us. It's like it, it's a combination of everything. It just grows random shit. And it's albino. It's like uh, oh, the wait. Yeah, no, there's a one. It's like that's not it. The white wine not it. No, that it's one. the one that's. It, it grows. Sometimes it grows. Sometimes it grows thin. Sometimes it grows freaking. Omni. You're talking about Omni. You're talking about Omni. Yeah, like Omni. All right, that one's like it has no idea what it's doing. Right, like it, it is. It actually like needs a little magnesium as well to, in order to actually reach its potential. But uh, it's because it's got so many mistakes in its genetic code, it can't even agree on what the hell to do with itself. Yeah, I've actually so, had half the plate look like Enigma, and the other half fruit, regular fruits. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so, like a, yeah, yeah. It's like so the more mistakes in genetic code, uh, and those we 
we intentionally use those mistakes of genetic code as humans all the freaking time. That's how we got chihuahuas from wolves, right? Like, so we just, we cause mutations on purpose, like fucking goldfish from carp. Well, we're screwing with that stuff all, we're screwing with it all the time. And sometimes it, it works out in our favor, sometimes it doesn't, but basically it needs more babying. If it, the more mutated it is, the more babying it needs. And so you got people like baby. Psycho that are trying to make our fucking bitch mushrooms glow in the dark and poison our friends. <laughs> no, we could. That's not very difficult to do. Well, we I just know that, like the whole CRISPR thing. I had no freaking idea. Like it sounded good at the time, and then Farrell got into like deep depth conversation about like how fucked up and like much of a bad idea that is. So, <laughs> all right, you're cured. She's no longer yeah, the gazelle. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> the sparkling unicorn mushrooms did kind of sound appealing when I started, and then I've discovered that they do eat mica powder. They just don't like sparkle. Yeah. yeah, you can just dust them with some mica powder. Yeah, or there's absolutely no fucking. There's absolutely no reason you can't dust your like, like put a little bit. Of, of like golden mica powder in a baggie and shake your mushrooms up in it. It's totally edible. <laughs> Some edible yeah. glitter or something. Listen, yeah, if, I, if, I, if totally I had a dollar for every time I found stripper glitter in one of my bags, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had like five bucks. Where is this mushroom then? I wonder. Right? Exactly. I know where where did going. it come from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Time for some research, field field research. <laughs> what's your uh, like? What's your like worst trip story here? Who are we talking to? Anybody? Any of you? Know, I'll take like what? Well, really well, okay. Let's give. I let's let's get Emily. Okay. Emily, you ever had like you ever done like a fucking shitload and realized? Yeah, I want to hear her Definitely. Um, so my very, very first, like, super macro heroic dose, um, like, up to that point, and this was before I was on all these medications and stuff, um, up to that point, you know, I usually rock, like, an eight, maybe four grams at best. Um, and then I had the day off this particular day. And I had a shit ton of mushrooms, so I was like, and this was years ago, by the way. Um, but I was just like, okay, well, fuck it. We're going to have a great time today. And I ended up taking 10 grams. And it was such Good for an, you. <laughs> I know. I was so proud of myself. I was like, fuck it. We're just going to go hard. Them's our so beginner I, numbers. We need to get those numbers up. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's I, a I good number. Ten, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was definitely a lot. So it was funny. So I, I take these 10 grams, right? And I'm at the house and I'm chilling or whatever. And I had completely space on the fact that I had a phone interview like <laughs> two hours after consumption. So I'm sitting here like unable to fucking talk. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a bad trip where it was like, oh, no, I was, you know, in the corner crying or whatever. But like, uh, I'm, I'm an orange. Sitting, don't peel me. Don't. Peel me. <laughs> but no, I'm sitting there laying on the bed, and 
my phone rings. I'm like, who's this? And so I'm like, fuck it, I'll answer it. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. So I answer it. And it's the place that I was supposed to be interviewing for because I was, you know, I was looking at a different job or whatever. And there's like, hey, and I'm like, oh hi. (laughs) (laughs) And like I honestly don't even remember anything that I was saying, but I do recall vaguely that a lot of my responses were uh along the lines of like um giggles yeah yeah, i just randomly fucking laugh and i'm like um god i'm sorry uh and then i laugh again and i never got a call back for that job for the record no but no but so like it's crazy right so this this happens and i'm tripping for hours right and i ended up I ended up having two days off in a row. So this was day one. I do this and I'm going through this whole premise of this epic trip, trying to have an interview over the phone for this new job. And it just did not work out well. So then that night hanging out with friends and like now the place I was living at at the time, um, I was going through my divorce. My friend, Audrey, she's like, Hey, just come live with us for a little bit. And like indicator number one should have been that, with how many people live in this house, the rent was like 1500 a month, but with how many people lived in this house, my portion was like $175. So that should have been indicator number one. However, I was fucking dumb. I was going through divorce, wasn't really focusing on that. So hold that tidbit of information. So hanging out with them that night, we're doing just a normal hangout or whatever. Everyone else has to work. It's not really a party night. Um, so this was Thursday. And then roll around to the next day, Friday, I wake up, everyone's at work, but Austin, the guy who has the biggest room in the house, he's uh, he's there and he's like, oh shit, you wanna hang out? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I go upstairs, he's playing Mario Kart or whatever on whatever game system he had. And we're just sitting there hanging out and he's telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm waiting for my buddies to get back. They just drove to New York yesterday. Now at the time I was in Virginia, um, but they're like, yeah, they just drove to, to New York last night um they're supposed to be coming back they spent like 750 dollars on like you know some some pure mdma and i'm like oh okay now grant you i'm still after glowing and feeling wild from that 10 grams like it's still hitting me pretty hard um so it was later in the day that i had tripped the day before but anyway so i'm hanging out with him and i'm like oh okay cool and he's like yeah we're we're gonna go to the rave tonight because we were all supposed to go to that show um and then they finally get there, they come upstairs and the guy who has the product, right? He pulls out his drawstring bag and like, first thing he does, is takes out a gun, he sets it on the table. Then he pulls out another gun, sets it on the table. Then he pulls out this huge ass bag of MDMA. And I'm just like, oh shit, shit just got fucking real, you know? And then Austin goes over to his closet, pulls out a fucking bag of empty pull capsules. And then the other dude that was with him or whatever, he breaks out his like super accurate fucking scale and that was the moment that i realized i'm like huh i've been living in a trap house for the past six months and i'm just uh-huh, realizing uh-huh. I'm, in a, I'm living in a trap house so i'm just like all right whatever well i'm not going to get up and awkwardly walk away right now because i feel like that's like Uh-oh. cricket noises screen with black Cricket. What happened? I saw the screen died. 
I'm on the edge of my seat. I have to know what happened. There we go. There we go. I'm right. my Sorry, a phone call okay. came in. Phone call came in. I had to ignore right. it. So, All right. okay, so I'm like, okay, well, I can't get up right at this moment and walk out because that's definitely how you get murdered in this situation. Yeah, you're getting you're getting shot. At yeah, that. so I'm like, yeah. I have I'm here for the ride. It's so, and the guy was just like, all right, before we do this, let's go ahead and get right so that way we can stay focused and and do this shit or whatever. So he pulls out a mirror, pulls out another bag, breaks out these four massive ass lines. I'm like, they're at least five inches long, Aww. right? So right, so I'm thinking like, okay, we're about to do some cocaine. I'm cool with it, whatever. It's not my first rodeo. And so like, he does his line, his buddy does his, Austin does his, and they hand it to me and I do mine. And I sit there and I'm just like, I look at the guy. Why is my face on fire? No, I, I look <laughs> at the guy and I'm like, look, man, I'm really not trying to sound like a bitch. And I really don't want to like, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But whoever sold you that Coke is, like, you need to talk to them. Because that was the worst Coke I've ever done in my life. And he looks at me and he's like, what? I'm like, what? He goes, that wasn't Coke. I was like, oh, shit. What the fuck did I just do? (laughs) And he's like, that, and this was my first experience with this, by the way. But he's like, that was, uh, that was Special K. I'm like, what what is Special K? And he's like, ketamine. I'm like, right. So, they just <laughs> all three of them immediately start fucking laughing. So they're like, damn, you've never done this before? I was like, no, they're like, you could have done like an eighth of that line and been fine for the entire day. You're about to be fucked up. So Austin's like, all right, hold on, before we start, he goes down. Now mind you, this is like ten o'clock in the morning, right? We go downstairs, he grabs like three beers out the fridge, he grabs a pack of cigarettes. He puts me on the front porch, opens all three, opens a pack of cigarettes, and he goes, chug this beer, smoke a cigarette, and then just mellow out. And I was like, okay, he goes, you're going to have a great day. And I shit you not. So I sat on that porch from 10 a.m. Everyone gets home from work that day, and they're like, all right, we're going to go clean up, get ready for the show. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to stay here because I was actually able to talk at that point. And so I'm like, I think I'm just going to, no, I didn't. I wasn't talking at that point. I was just chilling. They all come home. It's like five o'clock in the afternoon. They all walk through the door. They see me out there chilling with beers and cigarettes. They're like, all right, whatever. They go inside. They shower. They clean up. They get ready. They come back out. It's like nine o'clock at night at this point. I'm still sitting in the fucking same spot. And they're just like, have you moved at all? And I was like, no. And they're like, why? And I'm like, Ketamine. And they're like, what? And then Audrey, she finally deciphers what I'm saying. She goes, oh, shit. How long? And like Austin's outside at this point. She goes, how long have you been sitting here? And Austin's like, I I put her out here at like 10 a.m. It's nine o'clock at night. (laughs) So, So she's like, oh, my God, you poor thing. So she gets me up. She gets me inside. She puts me on the couch. She turns on fucking Golden Girls, right? They go to this show. And I think it's like 9.30 when they finally leave. They come back at like 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm still sitting there watching Golden Girls because I still can't fucking move. It was like, it was so audacious because the whole time, like after, I think around like 2 o'clock, I'm, I'm assuming it was 2 o'clock. I don't know what time it was. But around like 2 o'clock, I was sitting there. I'm like, I want to move. I'm thinking about moving. There's a lot of things I want to go and do. I'd love just to stand up. 
but I cannot move. And it was, it was like, and I was like, I wanted to close my mouth. I wanted to take a sip of beer. I wanted to smoke a cigarette, could not do any of it. And it was just like an 18 hour K hole. It was audacious. So that was probably. You're lucky you didn't die. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking the same fucking thing at this point. Cause like knowing what I know now, I'm just like, huh, that. Yeah. You could have just like forgot to breathe. I'm pretty sure I did at times. Not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. But that <laughs> little brain damage never hurt anybody. But yeah. <laughs> so that was my that was my worst trip. Look at me, I'm just yeah. fine. <laughs> Were you normal before that and then you developed <laughs> depression after? I want I wish I could say yes because then it would make total fucking sense, but now I was a hot mess before yeah, that. She said it was nine year old when it was Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was pretty pretty <laughs> wild. But yeah, worst trip, ten grams of mushroom followed by the realization that you're living in a trap house for six months before you realize you're living in a trap house, followed by an 18 hour K hole. There's a lot of things that went through my mind in that That's period. A, <laughs> I mean, when, when you were sitting on the patio did, at that point in time, did you notice the sneakers hanging from the power line in front of the house? So I didn't notice the sneakers, <laughs> but I did notice in the part of Virginia that we I was living in at that point, like in a five mile radius, we were, and I, and I'm not trying to sound like this is a, a stereotype by any means, but it's just a low driven poverty area. Um, and it's, it was well known for its, its crime and drug usage and all that stuff. But we were the only white people living there in a five mile radius. So it was, it was one of those where it's like, not that that has any, correlation but it was just something that stood out to me you know hindsight looking back on it i'm like you know why would that be you know what i mean because like normally you have your low property areas that aren't intermixed i guess and so that was just like that was the big thing that stood out to me at that point i'm just like and the way that i realized it, i was sitting there and i'm just like you know I have not seen a single white person in the six months besides in this house. <laughs> and then like at that same moment, I'm like, you know, it kind of makes sense because the corner store up here, if you want to get a 12 pack of beer, you go up there and they've literally like, they went to Costco, got a 24 pack or whatever beer that you wanted. They cut it in half and then use packaging tape to seal up the top. And that was your twelve pack. <laughs> that was how you got twelve packs of beer. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was just that was that was the that was the uh, the pair of shoes on the the telephone line for me was the twenty four pack of beers cut in half, used packaging tape, and resold as twelve packs. Okay. So I'm assuming that was a place that had the little, uh, your little roses and fucking glass pens and shit at the fucking counter with 35 different lighters. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was going to say behind the counter, you had everything from do-rags to glass pieces to rose holders to all the different fucking lighters. Like they even had a lighter in there that said crack lighter and like the brand name <laughs> on it, it was fucked up. So the brand on it, it was. It was like a oh, fucked up looking Bic lighter, like super low grade. And they literally took a sticker 
and they, it was just black lines and it made it look like a crack. The, char, the charboy burner. Yeah. So, and it was like, and I was like, I don't know, it was super cheap. Like all the other lighters, you know, dollar, two dollars, whatever. This lighter was 50, That's my crack 50 fucking cents. So I was like, all right, well, I need a lighter. And I was like, fuck it, I'll get the crack it's lighter. A crack I lit that fucking thing and burned my eyebrows off. Burned your li- eyelids <laughs> yeah. out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow, they even labeled it correctly. Yes. So. They, I wonder if someone was it's back there actually adjusting the fucking thing in the back, taking the top off and moving Honestly, that. I wonder if someone actually someone did that. Attention. They had to be. It had to be the guy who was cutting the 24 packs and putting tape back over it to sell it as 12 packs. He's like, all right, the beer's done. Let me work on these lighters now. <laughs> Yeah. But super cool place. I mean, the, the people who ran the store, super fucking chill. You could go in there. It didn't matter. Like, I think one time we were all hanging out. We went to this rave. And this one guy that was just staying with us for, like, three weeks for whatever reason, he was just – that was his thing. He, like, fucking got dressed up in Audrey's clothes, like, complete, like, dragged the fuck out, walks in that bitch at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning nobody bat a fucking eye they're just like whatever white people do stupid shit and that was like that was their mentality so they were super cool they knew everybody by name like so good people just uh maybe some hey crack you need some crack <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it was a it was a pretty cool pretty cool experience you know i i I always thought to myself growing up like hanging out with my brother and my sister and their friends or whatever i'm just like damn you know, it might be cool one day to, to like, just know that lifestyle or whatever. And then by the time that I realized that I was in that lifestyle, I was like, fuck. And it was like, after that moment, like the following day, all these different things started coming to me of like, yeah, this makes sense. How did I not see this before? And it was shit like, there's 10 of us at any given time living here. We literally have somebody renting the couch. That is their room. Like, mm-hmm. Shit like that. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is that, like, the house was always clean. Couch rent. Yeah, it was always clean. You know, it didn't look like shit. So, it, like, it didn't stand out. Like, if if you were a random person on the street and you walked in there, you would never suspect that that was what was going on just because of how neatly kept everything was. But it was like, huh, yeah, this does make sense because literally every night there's like 30 people over here partying and we're doing anything from smoking weed to dropping e to doing mushrooms it's all the fucking things um and that was like every fucking night um every friday we'd go to the rave um what's the address what's this address again uh, yeah right <laughs> it's the, it's the email later. Just I'll, I'll email you later something like uh all right, all right, cool. oh god it was something dumb fourth first street or some dumb shit like that so anyways um like even the name spelled trap house literally you know but so but yeah it was it was pretty legit and then like the big standout point that i never like i didn't see until after that day that i should have seen it was anytime anybody needed drugs that lived in the house didn't matter what it was they literally like the first thing they'd always ask is is austin home and I like up to that point, I just thought, oh, Austin is the one who knows where to get everything. Little did I know. Or is it Austin's, Austin's closet? fucking closet? <laughs> so, and like Austin like tripped the fuck out one day because he's like, it's such shit. You guys always want fucking drugs for me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I pay the most rent here, but I'm the one that's always taking care of y'all and this shit. And I'm just like, 
you know, me gullible as fuck. I'm like, damn, what is his problem today? <laughs> like, I have no fucking clue. So, uh, yeah, great times. So, good experience. Definitely, I, I highly recommend to everybody that if you're going through some deep, dark shit, don't get addicted, but go live in a trap house for six months. And I promise you, you will come out a better person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't don't do that. No, don't do don't, that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do. Modern trap houses are nothing like trap houses back in. The oh day. no, absolutely not. You'll die. Yeah. You'll lose a kidney. You'll fucking. You'll get trafficked. You'll lose. You'll yeah. Die. Yeah, that's that's not. That's Thanks not for thing. ruining the mood, Farrell. Thanks for ruining the mood. It's not a thing in 2023, <laughs> man. I've been in and out of fucking hundreds of trap houses. You do not want to live in a trap house in 2023. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna die or get yeah. trafficked. They're gonna traffic that ass. Honestly, the yeah. biggest thing that would not scare me about trap houses today is just with the amount of like you hear it all the time, fentanyl. but yeah, the amount of fentanyl, like. I would be like me, I am an OCD fucking person when it comes to cleaning and staying clean. And that's because I have kids, right? So I have kids when they were crawlers and shit, you know, is one of those, like I was renting and I'm like, I don't know what the last tenant did to that baseboard. So like, I'd always be down scrubbing baseboards. Like you would have thought that I was on fucking meth or something just with how clean I always was. Um, But because of that, like if I went into a trap house today, my immediate response would be like, Oh, let me do the dishes. Let me sweep up or shit. Like, let me help you guys out. And it like, and that trying to be kind hearted, like, is that dust on the dresser or is that fentanyl? You know what I mean? Like that scared would scare me more than anything. So. Well, it doesn't just magically absorb through your skin. So You'd be okay. Yeah, but if I'm cleaning and it goes airborne and I'm breathing and working hard because I'm cleaning, like, it's going to go in Well, at least you died doing what you love. We can all be so lucky. We can all be so lucky. Damn, how'd she die of a fentanyl overdose? She was doing what she loved. Drugs? No, she was scrubbing the toilet. <laughs> if you got fentanyl in your toilet, something's really fucked up. Look, yeah. there's a reason why I have a candle that says please don't do cocaine lines off the toilet. So <laughs> I know. It's a candle. It's a candle. I, not in the toilet seat, on the back of the toilet's fine. Yeah. Not the toilet. Look, seat. sometimes you gotta scrub hard. I'll um I'll, I'll find the link for those candles because there's a shit ton of them. That's a and fucking amazing. Candle. I'll send it. It's all right because Farrell sent me every time Farrell sends me something, he puts stickers on a box that says "Not Cocaine." <laughs> so he's well. I I have stick. I, I I ordered a roll of stickers. You like you you know those address stickers? Mm-hmm. It turns out that they'll put whatever the fuck you want on there. Right? Yeah. So instead of like instead of like ordering with addresses, I ordered them with stuff. Like for rectal use only, or like not cocaine, and so I ordered a whole bunch of them that say just like an entire roll of address stickers because they're cheap as shit. I paid like twelve bucks for like five hundred stickers. Oh no shit! They just all say not cocaine. That's all I say. They're just not cocaine, and I put them on random things just so that people know it's definitively not cocaine. That's awesome. Like <laughs> no reason to check yeah. this box. Yeah. It's right exactly. here. It's in writing. Literally not cocaine. Yeah. It's it's just definitively not cocaine. 
But I just put them on random things like baby powder. Um, <laughs> I take a roll. I take like some in my pocket and go to like the grocery store and just put them on fucking things. Cream of wheat, like fucking saltine crackers, like ground beef, just whatever. It's just fucking random shit as I walk into the store. That's because they'll stick to anything. They're so sticky. I'm gonna have so. to order some of these stickers and like okay, so here's the thing. It's it's probably hilarious when whoever sees it at the store or it gets a letter in the mail or whatever. That's probably hilarious. But could you imagine the person at the factory who's making those? I would love to see their reaction and the conversations that you know place. that's all computerized that's all computerized you know, yeah i imagine that somebody was like dude you guys see this this is fucking amazing yeah. <laughs> i would have printed off some for myself exactly you know? that's what i'm saying like somebody sees it and's like oh we're gonna have fun with this we're gonna put them all around the shop <laughs> oh yeah i had a i had a whole i had a whole bunch of another role that says uh for rectal use only I and i put it on like him and his old shit. lady were running around doing it in fucking fucking shitters all over the fucking t- all over town <laughs> yeah i was putting like uh like uh fucking like on cucumbers like uh, pickle <laughs> jars like fucking just light bulbs just random shit man just just walking through there with this roll of stickers in walmart it was a good time that's awesome yeah. <laughs> no you had what was that other what was the sticker that you're putting on the bathroom stalls mm. remember what it was uh, they put a hilarious. bunch of them. But no, but I've was... put a lot of stickers at a lot of fucking places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, God, okay, it. so since you have these great ideas, so, you know, I, I saw a video a long time ago, and I thought, oh, how funny would that be if I could ever do that? But it was um, somebody was picking up their mom from the airport, and they had the sign that said, welcome home from prison, even though she wasn't coming home from prison, right? And I was like, Right. You know, ever ever since I saw that, I'm like, oh, that'd be fucking golden if I ever pick somebody up from prison. Well, it just so happens the next time that I'm picking somebody up from the airport is actually coming from prison. And so I feel like I have to step the game up. Like, I can't just say, welcome home from prison. I feel like I have to have it say something extra with that. So, recommendations. How about, uh, here we go. How about, welcome home from prison, time for rehab. No, I would probably. Uh, that's probably. I'd probably do something like, uh, um, you know, congratulations on surviving. You know, some like uh, the harem. No, what do you what do you want to do? Like, what do they do over there in uh, Afghanistan? They have like those child bride or something like that. But you see, you want to keep away from anything that says terrorist. True, because. Their airport and terrorism doesn't go very well together. Who said terrorists? It's like, welcome home from prison. ISIS is here. What the fuck is that? <laughs> no. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just. Or, know, or welcome man. home from prison. I've got Coke. <laughs> all of my, all of the ones, uh, everything that I'd want to put on there is, you know. Potential to get involved I, with homeless. Yeah, yeah. My all my ideas are going to get you arrested. 
<laughs> at least detained. At least detained. I don't want to say arrested. Yeah. At least yeah, how funny would that be? You're, you're, you're gonna get the good old uh, cavity search. She, sure. she would. Oh, she dude. would get out, so, get into an Uber, I, go to the airport, fly here, and then immediately get put in handcuffs. That actually might be a fun way to go, just because we'd get detained. That is the worst fucking prank ever. But <laughs> oh, dude. So the last time I was going through a border check, right? Mm-hmm. And I was there's me and like three of my fucking friends. And we're fucking chill. And there's like this random fucking dude who's like super goddamn talkative, right? And uh, we're like chill, right? We're just like, me and me and my buddies are just talking and bullshit. And this dude just like, I guess we had fun stories. So he just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And then he just kept like trying to interject. And he had like nothing relevant to say, right? And... We're like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, hey, you know, I try to like steer my buddies over here. It's like, hey, let's go over, stand over here. And he just follow us. So when it got time to go to the thing, he tried to just like be part of our group to go through border check, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're not that cool, dude. We're not going to hang out with you once we get, you know, through this. You're going to do your own thing. We're going to do our own thing. He was trying to fucking bring shit with him and get into a crowd. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's his no, no, I don't think he was... I don't. I don't think he was trying to bring anything. I think he was just lonely. But it didn't. It didn't matter because I was like, "They're like, you have anything to clear?" I was like, "I know, I'm okay." But this guy here has two pants, and she should just wreck him. Yeah, that guy goes like sheet fucking white, and like wouldn't talk to us ever again. It was great, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he was annoying. I hate. Well, he learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the one thing I hate about airplanes and airports is like you always end up getting sat next to that one person who's like you can tell it's like their first or second time on an airplane, but they're trying to act like it's not, and it's just. You have to adapt. You have to establish dominance immediately. You gotta establish take, dominance on the you, airplane. You gotta you, do it. You take Just that armrest and you stare at them. You lick your lips and you make yeah. eye contact. Exactly. If they don't leave you alone. Then or you need to lick, get up and move. Or lick the, or lick the fucking armrest if you're desperate yeah. enough. Yeah, dibs, shotgun. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the holding center. You get in there, you sit on that shitter, you take a shit, and look at everyone. That way they know you don't give a shit. <laughs> you're looking. And you better make some noises, too, like inappropriate noises while you're doing yeah. it, too. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> uh, just as a heads up. It only took a... Sorry, I was going to say, my headphones are about to die. So, I guess well, we're, we're, we're at 114 yeah. minutes and 14 seconds in. We're, uh, we're yeah, this is usually where we call it a video. Really nice. So, normally at the end of at the end of these podcasts, we try to say something nice. Uh, we go around the room and everybody tries to say something, you know, just a good nice. feeling for the day. Well, usually we start <laughs> with uh, Deadpool as traditional. So, Deadpool, go ahead. Oh, um, well, how about this? We'll go with we'll go with the whole thing for today how about i uh, just remember uh life's pain anyone who says otherwise is trying to sell you something so don't take life seriously because you're not going to get out of life 
Yeah. So uh, I wonder if, uh, hey, he's still fucking here. He's just quiet as shit. No, he isn't. He fucking logged off and his phone logged back on (laughs) on accident. I bet you he's not even there. That's some bullshit. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's fucking still here. He's just so fucking high again. He said like like five words this whole podcast. All right, but five words. Mushrooms, you have to fucking say something. Nice, because you were part of this damn thing, even though you just sat there and listened. Like a I've got, I have to say something. I mean, I don't know. Money's worthless. Do what you love. That's about all I got for you. Hey, Fuck that's you. good. Okay, I like that's, that. that's more words than you've said this whole damn time. So, uh, yeah. all right, Emily, what do you got? Uh, besides the the always quoted um, geography teacher, I had ninth grade of stay away from easy women. Um, I would have to follow that with. Um, you're not alone. There's somebody that will listen. Reach out, even though it's the hardest thing that you might have to do. Wait a second. Did you start that off with stay away from easy I women? Did. I 100 percent did. Well, that ruins my whole fucking What the fuck? <laughs> so coming from me, it's gonna be uh be nice to your friends and family. Uh, if you can, anybody can be your family. You don't get to, you're not just stuck with who you're genetically related to. You can pick and choose your friends to be family with. So, and some of those people that are your actual family are not as cool as the friends that you choose. So, we love our listeners as always. Thank you for listening to the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast. If you want to get any sort of cultivation equipment, you can, our supplies, Substrate, all sorts of fun shit. You can get it from Deadpool through our Discord. Yeah, and random unsolicited dick pics, uh, free with every purchase. Uh, you can go ahead and get that from Deadpool. If you'd like to send us some money, uh, we promise to use it for absolute debauchery, nothing good whatsoever. You can do that through our Venmo. Token whores. Token hoes. Fafocult at Venmo. Uh, you can do it. Through our cash app, it'll be dollar sign Fafocult. If you'd like to send us some feedback, if you'd like to be on the show, you have any questions about anything we've talked about, you can go ahead and do that at the Fafocult at gmail.com. Our Etsy store, we are constantly adding stuff to it. It's going to be Fafocult.etsy.com. We had a bunch of journals and stuff that people just recently purchased, the Grow Journals. It's pretty cool. Awesome. And uh, once again, we love our listeners. Every sorts of stuff will be in show notes in the bottom, uh, links that Emily talked about, uh, stuff like that. But uh, thank you guys for coming on. We enjoyed it. Uh, next time, though, we are going to make motherfucking mushroom czar yeah. talk. Even even you, czar, thanks for coming. You kinda. can't just get so high you eat ice cream and chill in the background again. <laughs> He's like, I beg to differ. This is the second, second time you've done this. Two interviews, 25 words. <laughs> no, Emily, Emily had it covered. You know what I mean? Emily was amazing. What was I meant to say? How would I top that? Um, well, if you ask me, the way that, they would top yeah. that is have a bottom available, but, you know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you're offering All right, guys, Uh, we love love our listeners, and thank you for listening.